You're listening to the Unsigned Chat Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Unsigned Chat Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Jaina Jennings. So, Jaina, I can't, I've lost my headphones. I've, I have, like, headphones that I always use when I'm doing podcasts. And you know, like, you have that place, don't you, where you put everything so you know exactly where it is when you need it. <laughs> but then when you actually go there to get it, it's not there. It's never there. <laughs> yeah. I have the same problem. Well, because I'm a bit OCD, I don't know where, it, like, things are. The only problem is I don't know where I've put them. Yeah. <laughs> And where I remember having them last, they're not there. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I feel the same way because I've been trying to rearrange my stuff and now I don't know where anything is. It's not good, is it? It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> no. Our guest this week is Irish singer-songwriter Megan O'Neill. So, Megan, how are you? Oh, lovely. Wonderful. I, I saw on your yes. social media that you were moving house. Yeah, so you've just caught me at, like, a terrible evening. <laughs> It's so busy. It's so so busy at the moment, but um, it's good. Ah, it's good. This is oh this no. is a nice distraction from all the packing. That's the most stressful time, isn't it? Moving house. Oh, it's very stressful. Yeah. <laughs> are you moving far, or are you staying local? Um, no, we're staying. We're staying local-ish, but it's like the family home, so it's just so mm. much stuff, like accumulated kind of lifetime of stuff. Well, you see, it's a perfect opportunity to start throwing things out. Well, that's what we've done. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a big <laughs> skip, don't you? Just to hoy it out and start again. We did. We we did um, get rid of some, like throw out some stuff in a skip. But really, my mom is like allergic to waste, so we did, we kind of ah, found a enough. home for almost everything. But that was grand. So, how's your music going? What have you been up to? Obviously, with lockdown and everything. Um, a bit of everything, I suppose. Lockdown has kind of forced artists to reinvent themselves and like have to work in different ways um which is both a good thing and a bad thing like it's good to have to adapt but it's bad because for me anyway like my favorite part of the industry and the reason why I got into it is because I love playing live that's my that's my big thing um and everything else that goes around that the the releases the recording being in studio the session work like the PR, the marketing, the, you know, structure of a schedule, all of that stuff is, is secondary to the live stuff. So when, when you're not playing live, there's definitely an element of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? You know? So what, what, do you know where you will be sort of gigging again or is it still kind of up in the air as to what you'll do? Um, we've announced some shows for next April. So um with my agency who are ITB we've announced some shows that'll be coming next April but whether or not they actually can go ahead is 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 really up in the air like they're in the diary they're booked in um but nobody really knows what's going to happen that that you know that next side of Christmas and, and next year nobody really knows it, it's, it's kind of strange isn't it because when all this kind of happened in March I think everyone kind of thought within a fortnight, a month max, it'll have blown over and we'll be back to normal. Oh, my God. I I was literally, I was supposed to go out on tour for a month. Well, I was supposed to be touring almost the entirety of this year. But the, um, the, when lockdown was announced, I was 
due to start a tour the week after. So I was literally like, oh, okay, you know, postpone everything. This will be like a nice two or three week break and then we'll be back at it. And here we are six months later. <laughs> I actually th- would have thought throughout the summer we'd have probably seen a lot more sort of gigs outdoors and things like that. But that never kind of materialised to the max that I think it could have. Yeah, well, I think it was a really kind of, I hate to use the word because everybody's using it, but like unprecedented time. So it was really kind of difficult for people to make decisions when it came to a lot of people being in the same place at the same time, even if it was socially distanced, because nobody wanted to be responsible for a breakout or a spread. And I understand, you know, um, I understand why gigs are going to be the last thing to come back. Of course I do. But it's also, you know, it's a very frustrating situation because there's no, there's no sign of that for us. Like everybody else can, can kind of get back to some sort of normality or some sort of work. But for us, there's absolutely no idea. Like there's no plan of when that's going to be back. Um, yeah. But fingers crossed for next summer, they will take advantage of it being warmer and they will do a lot of things outdoors because I think that's, that's the only way things will go ahead, you know, full force next year, I think. And I thought it was interesting then where you, you said about how you hated the word unprecedented. See, I hate that word too. And the other word I hate is clarity. And I've got a feeling ne- I've got a feeling next year when they release the names of the top children's name, one of the top names is going to be Clarity. <laughs> no. I can see it going. You can't call a kid Clarity. No. <laughs> I can't. I can just see people thinking it's the, the, the new buzzword. <laughs> so some people can start calling the children Clarity. As long yeah. as we don't have twins and call it COVID and Clarity, it should be fine. COVID and Clarity. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, when you sort of plan to do your gigs next year, then, Megan, are you kind of thinking what um, measures you're probably going to have to take in regards to not necessarily socially distanced, but how you kind of probably keep yourself more safer than you probably would have done in regards to um, like who sets up the stage for you in the equipment and things like that? Yeah, like there's there's definitely going to be a lot of things that we have to take into consideration for next year. Um and the big one is going to be financially like I can't afford as not no no artist can afford to say oh yeah I'm going to go on a two-week tour and not make any money and essentially lose money because if they have to do the gigs with social distancing the big problem is being able to make any money because Mm -hmm. you know if, if I do them solo yes that might be fine break even whatever but doing them with a band when you have to pay a band you know you need to be like I think a lot of people don't really respect that as much in the music industry because they kind of think we like what we do and so we shouldn't be paid for it and this this comes up like a lot um because there are musicians who are who are totally fine to do a gig for free I was you know five years ago when I was starting out I was like give me all the gigs and I'll for free because I want the opportunities but now you know that the saying that um, exposure doesn't put food on the table is really relevant especially at the moment because if we're going to look at going out gigging next year with social distancing in place you're going to have to charge like double the price per ticket just to make anything 
just to make a hundred quid. So that's going to be a big part of touring next year. I'm not really sure how that's going to fare out for anyone. Um, but yeah, in 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 respect to you know looking out for yourself and looking out for your audience and looking out for your band and um like that will all have to I I would be flying in for my UK shows from Ireland which if we're looking at right now I can't do that um and if I do that I have to come home and quarantine here for two weeks so (laughs) there's a lot of things that are going to have to be ironed out for sure before we look at going back out on the road um it's all a bit too stressful to think about right now (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's just it's mad and like I know I know so many people in the same boat and we're having these conversations and we're just like, what do we do? What do we do? Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a weird time. Because one of, one of the guests we spoke to uh, previously, Jamie Allen Murad, <laughs> he was saying about when he sort of looks to go out on do shows and tours, the one thing that he doesn't really want to be doing is, is like sharing microphones and things like that, which you can kind of understand now, whereas before you wouldn't really give it a second thought. Yeah, I mean, all of those things are going to have to be. Yeah, it's 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 thinking in a different way, isn't it? Because all the ways we're having to think now are different. Like, I would never have, you know, I remember looking at, at like people in China, for example, wearing masks and thinking, "God, we'll never have to do that here." And now we're doing that here, and so there's everything we're doing is changing the way we're thinking about going grocery shopping, the way we're thinking about interacting with people, the way we're not hugging our friends. Um, so there's lots of things we're having to think about differently, but yeah, I would have always walked into a venue and happily used somebody else's microphone or somebody else's lead or, you know, just sharing equipment really. Um, and yeah, that we're just going to have to think about everything in terms of like, what's clean which is mad which is mad <laughs> but yeah it is it is because some venues aren't always the cleanest are they you know when you go to see sort of live shows in various like pubs and clubs and things like that they're not always the cleanest yeah i think you know you're you're hoping that people will be socially is really the thing um you're hoping that people will We'll take it seriously enough and clean everything down and, and make sure that it's a safe environment you are coming into. That's true. I mean, you trust that people are taking things seriously and you trust that, you know, I mean, like when you go to, a, I mean, going back to open mics or like group gigs or songwriter in the rounds or something like that, it's like you kind of trust that they're going to take things seriously. And if people say, oh, yeah, we're <laughs> going to wipe down the mics or something. I mean, you can't really just blindly trust that everybody's going to be as on top of things as they need to be. And so I think going back, it's going to be hard because, you know, it comes also down to your conscience. Like, are you okay with having a big group of people around you? Are you good with subjecting other people to that? So it is going to be really hard to get back, but you just have to, I think that you're going to have to take things and do them for yourself. Like make sure everybody's doing the thing that, that you feel comfortable with and make sure that you're on top of sanitation and stuff like that, because I don't think that you can blindly trust other people will do it. I have a lot of faith in, in people in general. And I think the majority of people out there are being really socially responsible and are taking, you know, are taking good care of each other, but there are people that aren't, and there's always going to be that. So yeah, it's about kind of just protecting yourself as well. 
it's, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Because, I mean, we're seeing it here at the moment where, at the moment, the seems like the young people get blamed for the virus. It's also the hospitality industry that gets blamed for the virus. I think a lot of it comes down to just human behavior as well. That's true. Rather than being a, being a specific sector, I think it's just human behavior. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's we're not used to this. You know, this is new and this is frustrating and people are struggling mentally and they're struggling financially and they're struggling you know like I definitely have had some moments during this period where I'm I've really struggled you know mentally because this is like I haven't ever spent not since I was 21 have I spent this much time in one place and I'm like oh my god somebody get me on an airplane right now like what is happening and you know, people are struggling in really different ways and losing jobs and whatever. And there's an element of like massive frustration, which almost makes you go like, fuck you, COVID. I'm still going to live my life and <laughs> and make bad decisions. And I'm not saying, you know, I think that's the extreme, obviously. But like, I definitely feel like for young people um, and for people who have not yet kind of, succeeded in all the ways they want to succeed so for me for example I am you know last year for me was I had really great momentum going on with my career I had this year was due to be the busiest year ever in my career with shows I was meeting loads of great managers I'd signed on with an agent and a lawyer and like things were really shifting in the right direction and then boom pause button and there's nothing you can do and there's definitely an element of like if I was, if, if I was 10 years from now and I was married with a child or two and I had my career kind of in place, I wouldn't feel as frustrated as I feel now because now I feel like it's lost time. I feel like it's time that I can't progress. And I think a lot of people my age and younger and, and older as well, a lot of people who are just haven't like kind of gotten to where they want to be yet are looking at this as like, it's like being trying to run as fast as you can, but but having a rope behind you tying you to the wall behind you. Like you can't do the things you want to do to progress your career. And yeah, I know a lot of people are frustrated with that feeling like, am I going to wake up in three years and be exactly where I am right now because I can't progress because of COVID? And that's a frustration. So during lockdown, have you sort of been spending that time to write new music? Yeah, I've been writing loads um, I've been doing loads of pre-production and recording myself. I've been doing loads of, yeah, session work and vocals on other people's tracks and um, lots of time in front of a computer. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? We've all found time to spend in front of the computer doing things we wouldn't have had time to do ordinarily. Yeah, in that way, it's been great. There's definitely been time to like explore other things that I'm interested in as well. So is music your full-time career? Yeah. So this is definitely a, a tough time then. So it's not like you've got something else to rely on. Well, I, I do, you know, a little bit of teaching, not a whole lot, but enough to, to keep me afloat during this time, which I'm super grateful for. Um, but yeah, this has definitely been like a, a huge chunk of my income, you know, gone for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's certainly uh, tough times, isn't it? Hopefully it will uh, get back to... However near normal it can do. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> so what's your songwriting process then when you write a song? Do you have a sort of particular songwriting structure that you follow? 
Not really. Like, I think I probably used to when I was just starting out. Like, I would have tried lots of different methods and techniques and um, creative strategies with my songwriting. But I think now, having been writing songs for so long, I can really easily kind of snap mm-hmm. myself into that creative space. Um, it just, it comes very natural to me, I suppose, because what I do for a living means I'm in a creative space a lot of the time. <laughs> so putting myself in that space to write um, comes easily to me. And I would always write my, I know everybody is different with their writing processes, but I would always write uh, lyric and melody at the same time. So I find that if I like write a page of lyrics and then go to the piano or the guitar to add music, it's harder than writing them both together. Um, And the process of writing changes depending on who I'm working with. If I'm working by myself, if I'm writing for a brief or for a specific, you know, show or advert or a TV kind of thing. Um, So yeah, it's different every day, which is, which is a really great thing about this job too oh, so you've written stuff for tv and adverts i have yeah anything that we may have heard of um you've probably heard of the tv show nashville <laughs> nashville yeah yeah so i had a song on season three of nashville yeah that's cool yeah it was very cool Um it was very cool at the time because i was living over there as well so it was really exciting and then um i have another show another song on a show which is airing in December. Um, I'm not allowed to tell you what one it is yet, but it's just beginning on Netflix. So there'll be lots of news coming out about that around Christmas time. Wow. Is it one of them? Is it a sort of song where we'll recognise it to be one of yours? Um, you will, yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. So what was it like living in Nashville? You mentioned that you lived in Nashville for a bit. Yeah, it was great. Um, I moved there straight after college and it was kind of my... Um, my it was my education in songwriting it was really I was thrown into the deep end with lots of amazing writers and I was there for you know just under two years and I just wrote you know every day and twice a day and was in loads of great sessions got to know a lot about the industry and um, how it works and and just great people in it so it was kind of it was definitely it was like going to songwriting, but in, in real life. <laughs> it seems like there's some sort of um, pattern that forms with a lot of UK artists where they, they seem to go to Nashville for a year or two and then come back at the end of it. Um, it's quite sort of interesting. Yeah, I think there's, it's, it's definitely happened a lot more in recent years. And I think that's just because Nashville is a really amazing place to write. Like it's, it's a really creative city. There's so many great songwriters there and it's a great place to go and collaborate with other writers. So if you, you know, if you want to kind of, I always found, and even the years I went back, I went back, well, I still go back, obviously not this year, but I'd still go back there and and write solidly for two weeks. And I kind of feel like the minute I get off the plane in Nashville, I'm just in songwriting mode. And I know that's what I'm there to do. And I'm there to just write my ass off for two weeks and it's like going on a retreat for that kind of thing. Um, plus the city is like super fun and there's loads of live music everywhere and there's loads of cool stuff happening and you meet great people. So 
it's it's great from a creative standpoint and from a networking standpoint. That's one place I've never been to. Oh, no, you have to go. Everyone always seems to rave about it. Yeah, I think you, you do you do need to go for sure, especially if if you're a music lover like Nashville is is such a great place to go. Yeah, definitely. What's what's the sort of places where you tend to tour then? Do you sort of have certain types of locations that you like to go to? Or? Um I mean, I love to tour everywhere, but <laughs> obviously my main kind of places would be UK and Ireland, but I've toured America, Germany, other parts of mainland Europe. This year we were going to Australia and New Zealand, um, which has been postponed to next year now. So um, yeah, I've been, I've been really lucky in that sense that like music has taken me so many amazing places like that I've gotten to see so many beautiful parts of the world for shows. Um, and yeah, I hope that continues once we can get back to normal. I'm sure it will do. So what sort of venues do you tend to play? Is it sort of small intimate gigs or is it sort of more um, big open sort of gigs? I think it depends. Like I've done some really huge shows. I toured with Tom Jones last year. So that was about 15,000 people every gig but then I've done like a, a lot of you know smaller venues as well where we do um like two and three hundred people and uh, the shows for April that have just been announced are in around 100 to 300 capacity a night and then I mean at the beginning of this year I opened up for Jamie Collum at the board gosh which is a big theater in Dublin and the Lighthouse family at the Olympia, so which is another big theatre. So the shows kind of vary um, in in size, and and if it's a festival, you're going to have you know um, any number of people there. <laughs> so it changes show to show, really. So how did the opportunity with um, Tom Jones and uh, Lighthouse family come about? Um, it was just different agencies and promoters that I've worked with. My my agency at the time last year um with tom jones they just rang me and said what are you doing on you know this sunday in july and i was like oh, i don't think i'm doing anything they were like well do you want to open for tom jones i was like okay <laughs> that sounds cool um so they just i mean it's it's my team really more so than me personally they're getting those shows um, and I work with MCD Productions in, in Ireland, who are a huge promotions company. So they'll do a lot of the big shows, a lot of the really big artists that come through Ireland. Um, and if I'm a suitable support act, then, you know, I can get in for, for those shows. So yeah, I imagine when you get a phone call to say, you know, about opening for Tom Jones, I bet it's one of the sort of phone calls where you don't have to think about it. No, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> It's one of those where you just kind of go, yep, yeah, away. I'll be there. No problem. <laughs> Doesn't matter what day, what time, yeah. what city, I'll cancel everything. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So how many shows did you do supporting I Tom did Jones? three last year. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. How have you been sort of engaging with fans during this time? Then? Have, you sort of, have you been doing like online shows or anything like that? I've been doing like Facebook Lives, Instagram Lives. The Facebook Lives have been really enjoyable. Um, at the beginning of lockdown, I kind of did like one a week or one every two weeks. Um, and then I just, I felt like, well, A, I felt like everybody was doing them. Um, so I kind of took a little break. 
but also I think for my for my own kind of mental health I was I didn't want to be so kind of engaged with these screens all the time um so I stopped doing them as frequently but I'm still I did two in the last I'm still doing them. So if people want to to check it out, there all the information will always be on my socials. Like I'll post when I'm doing one, so they can come along. That sounds good. So where can people find more about you and listen to your music? Um, so I'm on social media like uh, everywhere. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Megan O'Neill Music, and then YouTube as well, Spotify, Megan O'Neill. So really, if you just search Megan O'Neill singer you'll probably find me um but yeah i'm on all social platforms it's probably the best way to keep up with what i'm doing now, i think also we have to mention your singles you've got one coming I do. out i the... have one coming out on the 9th of october um which is tomorrow as to when we're recording this podcast so um yeah i'm very excited it's water it's coming out tomorrow on all stream so what was the what was the influence behind that um, I went through some personal changes in my life around the time that I was recording the album with the Dunwells. Um, and this song just kind of fell out of me, kind of felt like something that was really necessary to write at that time. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit about like knowing that change needs to happen, but being very afraid of that change. Do you find with songwriting that mm-hmm. some songs can you can just get straight away and some songs take oh, a bit definitely. longer songwriting is is so you know in tune with your emotions so like sometimes you are really in the zone and you really want to write and you have stuff that you kind of need to say and you need to get out on paper and then other times whether it's because the stuff is too difficult to write about or it's too soon to write about it or you're just in a different headspace than what you're actually trying to write about. Um, it can be harder to like get it out then. You know, if you're in a really fantastic summer mood and you have to write a Christmas song, that can be hard. <laughs> or if you're completely heartbroken and you have to write a song about, you know, falling in love, that can be really hard. So it, it's kind of dependent on how you're feeling, where you're at in that, in that respect. What's... The song that's that you've written that is your favorite oh, song. Oh, don't ask me that. I did. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't choose that. There's. There's. It depends on my mood. It depends on you know where I'm at. So many things. <laughs> to be to be fair, that is a good answer. Depends on where you're yeah, at in life. That is a good true. answer to give. Uh, I, I didn't know whether you, you might have like one song where you kind of thought that's my favorite because of a particular. I don't know whether it be because it, it was a song that just came to you naturally or if it's something that means the most to you. But uh, it is quite hard to choose, isn't it, when you've got such a large sort of catalogue of songs. So then try Yeah, to there's so more. many, like, to choose from. I, I couldn't, I just couldn't choose one. How many songs have you written? Oh, you I know? have no idea. Definitely up in the hundreds, like, <laughs> or a lot more than the hundreds. <laughs> well, it's been lovely chatting yeah, to you. Yeah, you too, Matt. Maybe. Lovely to talk to you. And uh, good luck with your Thank you so much. tomorrow. Also, a big thanks to everyone who listens to our podcasts each week. Thank you so much for joining us for that. And we uh, hope you'll continue to listen to our podcasts. Hope you can join us next week for another episode of the Unsigned Chat podcast. But until then, have a great week. (laughs) 